You're listening to the Functional Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Patrick Hester and Tracy Townsend. And we are back, but we are Tracy-less this week because Tracy is far more responsible than I am and decided that taking care of her children is an important thing that someone needs to do. So whatever. I see how it is. But hey, I'm here. I've got guests and I want to talk to you guys about them. Let's see here. Rena Mason is an American dark speculative fiction author of Thai Chinese descent and the Bram Stoker award-winning author of The Evolutionist and The Devil's Throat, who is apparently not terrified nor traumatized by all the ways movies have depicted horrific deaths for divers for our entertainment and therefore is an avid scuba diver, which makes zero sense. Vince Laguno. Laguno? Did I say that right? I don't know. I'm close. Also won the prestigious Bram Stoker Award for Unspeakable Horror from the Shadows of the Closet, which was released by Dark Scribe Press in 2008. It's an anthology of queer horror fiction, which he co-edited with Chad Helder. He's a writer, anthologist, and editor, and an occasional poet whose stance on horrific scuba deaths portrayed in movies is heretofore unknown. They have brought their horror powers together as editors for Other Terrors, an inclusive anthology out from William Morrow and Company. Now, I rolled initiative, actually, before we even started. So, Rena, I need you to tell people, because you go first, who, who you are and what you do. My name is Rena Mason. I am, oh, I was a stay-at-home mom. Before that, I was a registered nurse, and I worked in the operating room, And now, after a recent move to Michigan, I am in the middle of renovating and uh, remodeling a house. Nice. And you're not terrified of scuba diving? No, I love it. Love it. I've done done almost all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Even ice diving. Even ice diving. Okay. Yeah. See, now we had we had a we had Derek uh, Knutson on, and he uh, he likes to do the ice fishing thing, which just makes zero sense to me. It's like <laughs> you're just sitting on the ice, waiting for it to crack and break underneath you and pull you into the water. <sighs> I don't know, Vince. Uh, why don't you tell people who you are and what you do? Hi, I am Vince Lagano, and I am a licensed nursing home administrator by day, and a horror writer, anthologist, and sometimes poet at night. A pop culture enthusiast. My jam is books, Jamie Lee Curtis, and slasher films. Nice. Very cool. And, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, I tell people it, I had to take care of my mom for a very long time. I had to learn how to talk to folks like you because you guys do have your own language. People in nursing homes, people who are, oh, yeah. are taking care of other people. Like you have your own language and it's interesting. And I guess this is true of anybody in any industry. Every industry has their own language. But once you kind of learn the talk, it, it makes things a lot easier. Yeah, it, it's and it's but I'll tell you, doing both, uh, doing the healthcare, long term care and then doing the writing at night. Now, whenever I read, especially in a horror story, somebody talking about a nursing home or assisted living, they get it wrong all the time. <laughs> and it drives me crazy. They, they, the biggest one is that they conflate nursing homes and assisted livings. They're not the same thing. And I can't tell you how many writers put that into their books. They'll use the terms interchangeably, and it throws me right out of the story because I'm going, wait a minute, I thought they were in a nursing home. Now they're in assisted living? Did they transfer? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just weird. 
Try try living in a in a heavily uh, military influenced area like uh, Denver slash Colorado Springs and being in critique groups with writers and and not knowing much about guns. Oh, yeah, try that. I dare you. Oh, <laughs> our our biggest issue here in Michigan is getting used to the soda versus pop thing. Still, oh, it's I'm, definitely I'm in, soda. Uh, it's well, soda. not here. Uh, I'm, I'm New York. It's soda. Here, it's pop. And when I say the soda machine, my staff looks at me like I'm crazy. Yep. They're like, "What?" Yeah. I'm like, oh, "I forgot pop." I always say Coke. Yeah, I was gonna say, just tell me you want an RC cola. <laughs> So uh, I'm curious, how did how did this whole thing come together? So other terrors, an inclusive anthology. Who 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 had the idea first? Who 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 talked the other one into do, foolishly doing it? And then you know, because of all the work that was going to be involved. Well, actually, actually, the we didn't come up with the idea at all. It was Lisa Morton, who is the uh, past president of the Horror Writers Association. She had um, long had the idea of having HWA do a diversity anthology. Um, she approached Rena and I. We, Rena and I both jumped at the chance to work with each other. And um, we kind of brainstormed and said, you know, a diversity anthology, to my ears anyway, sounds like a checklist. And you look for certain types of people, you check off the boxes, and boom, you get stories. But when Rena and I started to brainstorm, we said, you know what, let's let's make it more. Let's make it so that the theme is more organic with the idea of diversity. So we started to look at that age-old idea and horror of other, you know, the other um, and otherness. And we just started batting back names of, of writers we loved reading and wanted to work with and who we thought could really do an interesting uh, take on the theme because it's kind of a, a vague theme, you know, right about otherness and fear of the other. The The actual initial title for the anthology was Other Fears. And the f- good folks at HarperCollins said, you know, other terrors sound stronger. And uh, that, that's how it started anyway. Mm-hmm. Very cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. And so, so hey, it sounds like you, it sounds like you took the idea and, and you broadened it a little bit and you, you, but at the same time focused it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and how many stories are in there about the, the horror of dying while scuba diving? I don't think there are any. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my I, God. I've, I've written, I've written quite a few of, of my own <laughs> that, are, that are in other anthologies, but I think so, there's um, actually only one water set story, right? Jonathan's. Yes. Oh no. Yeah. Annie's too. Annie's well, a pool. Oh yes. Water. One, is, one is in a, yeah. One's a pool and the other one is, uh, it has a shark in it. So <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who's the list of authors here? Who did, like, did you guys, did you guys go out and solicit or like you said, you kind of had an idea in your head of, of some of the people that you wanted to go after the, the writers that you liked or, or that you, you wanted to work with. How, did you, did you solicit them? Did you do an open call? How did, how did that work? Vince and I, when we got to talk and we, you know, like he said, we wanted to work with a lot of our authors that we like and have wanted to work with. So we, we wrote up a list of people that we wanted to reach out to and we talked to them and, 
asked them to, you know, we invited them to write something for the anthology and, and we got a lot of great responses and people were really interested. And then the HWA who the anthology, it's, it's their, it's the, an anthology, the HWA does a series of anthologies and this is an HWA anthology. So they opened the submission call to HWA members to submit stories. And I'm pretty sure we did that from around November and then closed it up at the end of the year. And we got hundreds of stories that Vince and I went through. And uh, at this point, stories from the, the people that we invited started coming in. And so we had to choose through the table of contents, you know, stories that would mesh with the stories that we already had. And stories that that hit the theme, and it was it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun at the same time. I learned a lot because Vince is the anthologist pro, and this is my first anthology. You know, co-editing this anthology, so I really learned a lot. And, and we, it was fun too because we had to have, um, you know, people think, oh, well, when a writer gets invited to an anthology, they're just so grateful and they say yes. We had like two different rounds of invitees because of course as you know to sell an anthology and alex shane who is our agent from writer's house or the hwa's agent from writer's house you know he needed obviously names attached to this book to sell it so we had to go through two rounds because we were turned down by you know probably it was probably a 50 50 so we came up with a second round and got 50 50 out of that um i think what we really were um happy about and i think very proud of is that in terms of an HWA anthology, we were able to get a a nice amount of name authors, but by managing our word count, we were able to double the amount of member slots. Um, We were given five member slots out of hundreds of submissions. We actually wound up doubling it. We got to take 10 HWA members works. And you can imagine, you know, you're a dues paying member of the HWA being part of their anthologies as part of the selling point of membership. And then you get, you know, a one in you know 500 chance of being in their book so we were very happy that we got to that was a big part of our discussions behind the scenes like we really want the members we want to bring forth the members we want to hear their voices alongside you know jennifer mcmahon and alma katsu and michael thomas ford and all these great authors that had said yes to us that is awesome so it was it was it was basically you you did an open call to the membership yeah, and, and what was interesting and what I liked about it was that the submissions were blind. So yeah. when Rena, I mean, obviously when we invited, you know, Jennifer McMahon, when the submission came in, it had her name on it. Sure. All of the members submitted blindly. So we had no idea who wrote it, how they identified, what their background was. So we were really looking for the authenticity of otherness in their voice. That's amazing. That is amazing. But that also has to make it a little bit difficult on you to, to I mean, it. it's a lot of, and we use this term in writing. I don't necessarily like this term in writing, but it's, it's what everybody knows. That's a lot of slush to read through. It was, <laughs> and it was funny. <laughs> it was funny because Rena and I would have these conversations. We would get like three submissions back to back and you could literally tell and identify the previous call for submissions from where these 
stories came. It was like the writer just slapped it out to us, was like, yeah, I'll try this one. Had nothing to do with otherness. <laughs> that happens a lot. I've talked to a lot of editors. I've talked to you know people who've done anthologies, people who are just editors at magazines. It happens a lot. It's like it. it's the throw the spaghetti on the wall thing, right? It's just like I have a story. I'm going to send it to every single market possible. I don't even care what the market is. And so people will get stuff and they're sitting there going, you know, this is this is a this is a Cthulhu Rotica magazine, and you're sending me a robot story. What the hell, <laughs> Rena? It was a, it, it, the ones we got, wasn't it? We we identified it was a science fiction anthology, right? Yeah, yes, I think I think that's what it was. <laughs> there was one one that was a Gorgon. There was a Gorgon anthology I, yes. too. That we we got a couple of Gorgon stories because my friend Sarah Reeve was a editor for that anthology. So I knew it was for her anthology. <laughs> and I mean, you know, as writers, we all have trunk stories. I get yeah. it. But for God's sakes, at least change it a little bit, you know, put a little effort into it to kind of come around to the theme. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, it, those were easy because it was like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, you, you, you know that there's, there's the author out there that has the short story that they've written. That is the greatest short story that's ever been written of course. in the history of all writing. And therefore it's going to make it into every single anthology and magazine they send it to. Right. Oh yes. Without editing. Without it's, editing. It's just perfect. It just needs yeah. to go right in. <laughs> Although it's so funny you, when, it's funny when you say editing though, one thing I, I will compliment um, and Rena and I were very surprised at this. The HWA member submissions came into us, even the stories we didn't accept or didn't like, or they came in remarkably clean. We were clean. very impressed. Yes. Um, we've had very little work to do on the stories we accepted. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's incredible. Good, good for the HWA members. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've had their A game on and uh, <laughs> with their submissions. So, so I have a friend in Colorado Springs who is a member of HWA, Shannon, Shannon Lawrence. And, but I, I, like, I am not, I'm not a horror person per se. Like I don't read horror stories. I, I tell the story that, uh, when I was young and we were living in Fresno, California, uh, we didn't have a shower. We had a bathtub and I would sit in the bathtub and I would read, uh, cause I was little. And, uh, my mom had told all the folks at her bar that her son loved to read. And so they would bring her books and they would just give her books and say, here you go. That's how I got, you know, hundreds of Star Trek novels as an example. I got tons of those, but they also, you know, at one point gave me it. And so there I am sitting in the bathtub reading oh. it, a guy <laughs> oh. sitting in a bathtub. So that kind of killed me horror for me, at least as far as reading it, but I watch a lot, but I, I don't know much about HWA. Like what's, what's the deal with HWA. Who who knows oh. more about it, Rena or Vince? Vince, Vince, you were a volunteer before you know I was. Yeah, I mean HWA, the Horror Writers Association, is the preeminent um, professional writers organization for horror writers. Um, it's been in existence since the eighties, Rena, I believe. Yes, early eighties, I think. They are um, the sponsor of the Bram Stoker Awards. Um, which is again the preeminent awards, um, literary awards for um, works of horror and dark fantasy. Um, they, um, I, I was a two-term secretary, and then I was on the board for quite a few years. 
Um, it's, you know, it's a great organization. All the people, with the exception of one, um, you know, we have a, a part-time, I think, paid administrator, but the president, vice president, all the board members, all the volunteers, the social media coordinator, it's all people who volunteer their time just on behalf of other horror writers. And they do great work with um, scholarship programs, which yes. they've expanded dramatically over the years. They just added a, um, a like a, a health benefit, health insurance program for writers that um, you know can't get. Um, they do mentor programs. They can pair mm-hmm. up new members with established writers and they work um, together as mentor and mentee. Um, just so many great things. It's a, it's a wonderful organization. You know, like any organization, there's there's politics every now and then, and somebody doesn't put out a statement that, you know, uh, checks off everybody's boxes and there's a little brouhaha. But, you know, find me a, a professional organization that doesn't have it. Um, but they're great. They're, they're terrific. Um, they've had great leaders. The late Rocky Wood was one of the two two-term presidents, did remarkable work. Um, Lisa Morton, uh, John Palisano, who was the outgoing president, has just continued um, and, and carried the torch. So uh, it's a great organization. I would encourage anybody at any level to get in. They have a, um, a professional level, which they call active. They mm-hmm. now, I think they have a supporting. So if, it's, if you're a new writer um, or somebody interested in horror, and they have an academic level, which is really kind of cool. So people mm-hmm. with an interest in that do a lot of work with libraries. See, now I'm just going off because I'm getting excited about HWA. I'll That's stop fine. Now. It's awesome. No, that was, that was the point. That was why I asked the question. Now, you said that they do anthologies. How many anthologies do they do? It, it, there's not a specific number. Um, I think it's as they sell them. You know, they have an agent, okay. um, and the agent will take ideas. I think um, ideas get discussed or suggested. For years, they did um, – a series, I think they had three of them, right, Rena? Called Bloodlight. Yeah, the Bloodlight series. And they were like humorous horror that Kevin Anderson um, edited. Um, they did uh, Haunted Nights. Lisa Morton and Ellen Datlow did that uh-huh. one. Jonathan um, Mayberry um, yes. did did one. And they recently did the uh, Schwartz where they were honoring the, the uh, author. I'm Carl Stein? I, no. no, I can. <laughs> She's got to go get it. <laughs> she just left. <laughs> okay, it's just me. <laughs> and now the, for the, the music portion of our program. <laughs> it's the, the scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes, um, they they okay. did like an anthology um, honoring him with uh, different authors. That's awesome. And then and then obviously now your anthology. And we're hoping for a sequel Um, because other Terra's very well received critically. We got starred reviews from Publishers Weekly, Booklist, and the notoriously difficult Kirkus all gave it starred reviews. Um, It's doing, you know, selling out every place. They're restocking. My uh, Barnes & Noble and Troy start off with one copy. The next week they had two. Then those were gone. And now when I went back on Friday, they had a stack of eight. So nice. I think it's doing well. Well, congratulations on the Kirkus. They they used to have this guy writing uh, things about comic books for them. He was a total hack. Anyway, um, <laughs> you might be looking right at him. But uh, they, <laughs> um, you you talked about some of the names. So so who are the big names that are part of your anthology? Like who are the names that are drawing people in? Well, the names on the cover: uh, yeah. Tan uh, Tannen and Reeve do. 
Jennifer McMahon, uh, S.A. Cosby, Stephen Graham Jones, Alma Katsu, Michael Thomas Ford, and uh, Anne Davila Cardinal. Very cool. And then, yeah, and then, you know, on the cover it says, and others, and then (laughs) it, but it has a lot of uh, the table of contents. There's still a lot of people that are. You know, Gabino Iglesias is in it. Uh, Usman T. Malik. Um, trying to think. Uh, Linda Addison has uh, work in here. But yeah, I could go on and on because the stories are just yeah. And amazing. we really we tried to shoot for too. One of the things I think that make these anthologies interesting for readers is when you kind of shoot for talent that's horror adjacent. Like, you sure. wouldn't normally think of S.A. Cosby as a horror writer. I mean, he's he's a, a mystery writer, crime crime writer. But we just, you know, after I read um, Razorblade Tears, I said, when we were batting forth, I said, you know, this guy gets otherness. You know, he, he understands this concept. I wonder what he could do with a horror story. And knocks it out of the park. Um, so we, we mm-hmm. tried to look for talent that you wouldn't necessarily see in the table of contents of every other horror anthology out there. Um, and the original works, I, I'm really proud of the the member works because some of the stories like Michael H. Hansen's Night Shopper, I, I think is probably the most cited story in reviews. People just love mm-hmm. the story. And uh, Rena and I, you know, struggled with it because, you know, he, he's, a, he's a white you know, heterosexual, cisgendered guy, and he writes about a Muslim trans woman and does it so beautifully and convincingly and authentically that, you know, hey, it was his story to tell, and it was uh, beautiful, and, and people are really relating to the story. That's amazing. That is amazing. So have have you got, have either of you ever flown on a Southwest flight? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. so Southwest Southwest uh, uh, attendants are, 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 are they have a good time, and I always quote one where uh, I was on a flight, and they said, you know, in the in the event uh, that the cabin loses pressure, the mask will come out, stretch it out, put it over your face. If you're traveling with someone else, put your mask on first, and then help them. If you're traveling with children today, pick your favorite now. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to make you guys pick your favorite. So Rena. What's your favorite story, your favorite authors in in oh the anthology? Gosh. Oh, I know. I'm putting you on the spot now. Come on. Yeah, that that is a tough one. Oh, it's um, like Sophie's Choice. Which, yeah. <laughs> which kid goes to the well, gas you know, chamber? Each, Seriously? <laughs> it's like every story is my favorite story, but for a different, for a completely different reason. You know, I don't think I have one that in, you know, that is a favorite more than others. I mean, there's some that I like because of how they, they make me like cry. There's some that I read that every time I read them and I've read them a lot, (laughs) um, they make you, you know, they'll, they'll make me cry every time I read them. Okay. So Um, let me, let me flip the question then. How about this? Uh, She's being so diplomatic. She's good. You're, (laughs) you're, you're in an elevator and you have to convince someone to get the book. What do you say? You've got, you've got, you're on, you're in the lobby. You're going up to the 10th floor. That's how much time you've got. What, what are you going to tell them? Oh, okay. So you're talking about like an elevator pitch, yeah. an elevator pitch for the book. You know, I would have to, I, I like to sell things with that question. It's like, you know, have you ever felt like 
othered, you know, or like what, what it's like to be in a situation where you're, there's something just off. There's something slightly off, not right about things. And you're not, you're not exactly sure. Is it you? Is it them? That's, that's the, the book. That's, that's how it's going to make you feel. And you get to feel it from different aspects of, you know, different people cast of different characters telling their stories of what, what made them feel uncomfortable or uneasy or something just a little bit off Yeah, for me. I mean, that's, that's horror for me, you know, Uh, it's just just the best kind actually, you know, you go about your everyday life and, but something's not, you know, wait, I know I didn't put my car keys there. Right. (laughs) You know, that you somebody's somebody's messing with me and you don't know it could be a ghost it could be something mental yeah it could be science fiction it could be time travel i mean there's so many stories that can go with just that one incident it could be tracy because patrick said she's in michigan (laughs) look behind you there she is tracy (laughs) uh yeah usually usually when i when i lose something in the house uh i find it right after i buy the replacement Yes. And then, and then of course, of course, the other reason I would say is that is got to be the sexiest cover. That is a cover. cover. Yeah. (laughs) Pablo Gerardo Gamacho. Yes. He's a Venezuelan graphic artist who um, does, among others, you'll, you'll see his work, but the Marlon James books also boast his uh, his artistic skills. And we were very fortunate, the folks at Harper, who were just a dream to work with, Jamie Levine and, and all her, her crew, um, they actually included us quite a bit on the cover ideas and designs. And we pitched a few authors, and um, Camacho was one of them. And um, they he, he said yes and designed an awesome cover. And not what you would normally associate, you know, hot pink with um, with horror. But it works. It does. Yeah. Yes, it's gorgeous. So, Vince, uh, how about you? Do you have a favorite in the? In the I whole was thing? so hoping that we had gotten past that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I I feel like uh, Rena did the really really good. I'm a good editor. I'm going to be diplomatic. diplomatic. Yes. Yep. I, I I loved them all. I mean, obviously, they're in the book. Sure. Um, yeah. But for me, as a reader. Okay, yeah. and, and a gay man of a certain age, I'm probably going to say, um, for me, uh, "Where the Love Light Gleams" by Michael Thomas Ford really resonated with me personally. Um, so I'll say that was my favorite name author story. Sure. And as far as my the member submissions, there was something about um, the Voices of Nightingales by Emmy Bronstein. Her writing is just so lyrical and gorgeous that honestly I went back and had to read the story several times because every time I was reading the story, I completely forgot the story. I was just mesmerized by the language and was just so enjoying reading her writing that I was like, by the time I was like, wait a minute, what was this about again? And I went, I had to go back just gorgeous. So I would probably say those two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the, I love good language. You know, the symmetry of words when they come together can just really just enthrall. And, and it's, so many of these writers just do such a great job. We were surprised, I'll tell you. And one of the things we enjoyed the most was, um, you know, we had an idea in our heads of what otherness would be, but some of the contributors 
just blew us away with their interpretation of the theme. You know, Amakatsu's story, um, you know, otherness comes in her story from the family unit, from within your own family. And we never even thought of it that way, you know, an in-law and you could be othered in your own family. So there was just a lot of very cool interpretations of the theme. And I think there's something in here for everybody. See, that is also the best. So when you, when you, when you can, I think a lot of us like to reread stories and we'll always have our favorites, the, the things that we re, reread, you know, every year or something. It's, it's like comfort food. There's that whole study that says that we reread things and we rewatch things because uh, there's no surprises. It's a, it's a comfort. We know what's coming. We're not going to get, we're not going to get slammed by a sudden death that we're not expecting, you know, or something like that. So it's, it's just comfort and comforting to, to reread stuff. But Absolutely. It's also wonderful when you reread something and you pick out a detail that you never realized before, for whatever reason, you were not in the headspace, you didn't catch it, mm-hmm. you glossed over it. And then the next time you reread it, you're going, Oh my God, how did I miss that? That is, that is always yeah. so much fun. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, believe it or not, uh, it is time for us to switch gears a little bit here. Uh, I, I made you guys talk about your favorite things, but we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit further and we're gonna talk about our picks of the week. Mm. Picks of the week. <laughs> and I think you understand the concept. This is just something that you're excited about, Rena. Do you have? You said I, I think in your email you said that you had a pick ready to go. I did. I did. Uh, this past week, I got to go to Motor City Nightmares. It was sort of my first uh, fan convention. And I met, because of Vince, uh, Alice Krieg, who um, just came out with the movie She Will. I have it rented. and I'm going to watch it tonight. And Vince has already seen it. But I also saw her, I saw her movie um, Gretel and Hansel, which I really, really liked. And she was just so sweet and so nice and spoke to us for so long. And it was, it was fantastic. So I, that, that made me so happy and kind of giddy. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely recommend she will. And it's gotten a lot of um, great reviews lately as well. Besides, you know, Vince saying that it was really good. I saw on a different website where somebody was recommending it. So I really look forward to watching it. I'm turning um, Rita I'm, into a fangirl. I'm making her get <laughs> all up into the celebrities and all the horror cons. Without looking it up and obviously getting in lots of trouble with the with the listeners who are going to tell me I'm wrong or I'm right and correct me. Alice Krieg, did she not do the, the Stephen King Cat People movie back in the day? Was that her? Sleepwalkers. Yeah. Yeah, she did Sleepwalkers, and her big big breakout role was when in the adaptation of Peter Straub's Ghost Story. Ghost Story. Ghost Story. She yeah, I remember that. Alma. Yes. Yes. In Sleepwalkers. She was in Silent Hill. Yep. Okay. I believe, and um, she was actually. And I was saying to Vince when we were at the convention, I was like, she would have been really good in the new Dune, but I just realized she was in the other Dune. The, the Dune collection where they had the Children of Dune, the one yeah, with James one McAvoy. From, yeah, the one from the channel, yeah. known as Sci-Fi. 
Yeah, she's she's in that as well. Yep. She plays the 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 mother. And then obviously her her biggest role. I know you said her breakout role was in Ghost Story, but her biggest role to date ever that everybody Star obviously Trek. knows her for is for Star yeah. Trek. She was the Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> but you're talking as horror people, so we're not going to say Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> hey, I I know plenty of people who thought that movie was horrific. Um, <laughs> Vince, how about you? You got a pick? All right, and I'm going to hold it up even though nobody can see it. But my pick for the week is The Book of Queer Saints. It's an anthology that's edited by Mae Murray. And um, some of your listeners will know the name. She's a frequent contributor to Fangoria and Dread Central. Um, It's a fantastic anthology with 13 stories by folks like Haley Piper, who is also in our anthology, uh, Eric LaRocca, James Bennett, Sam Richard. And what I really loved about this anthology is it's written, it's kind of conceived in rebellion to this long-standing idea of purity in queer representation. So the 13 stories are all queer villains, which, you know, as, as we've become enlightened and as, you know, gay people are in, you know, movies, it's like, oh, well, don't, don't show the gay person or the trans person as a killer oh no that's bad representation and we've kind of gotten so used to that this anthology just shoots right back and it's like no not every you know queer person is going to be the saint so thus the play on the word um the book of queer saints fabulous anthology um and i encourage folks to check it out that is awesome so my pick is going to be something that was recommended to me, recommended to me, if I could speak correctly, by one of our patrons, MB Partlow. And MB and I laugh about things. We 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 have a good time. And this was something that she said uh, was really good, and I needed to check it out. It's on HBO Max, but I believe it's from the BBC or Sky One or something over across the pond. It's called The Baby. Hmm. Have you heard of this at all? Have not. It sounds familiar. So the premise is that the baby is possessed or potentially is like a Damien kind of baby. And basically this, this woman, uh, you know, she's living her life and, and she, she kind of unhappy and she goes on a, on a vacation and the baby literally drops into her arms, uh, having walked off a cliff. Uh, after its supposed mother falls off the cliff, the mother hits the boom and the lady walks out and she catches the baby and the baby attaches itself to her. And now anytime she tries to get rid of the baby or tries to do something or tries to talk to someone, uh, bad things happen to other people. So as an example, a couple of cops come by, she's like this baby and they're like, yeah, we know we saw the baby. We'll take the baby. They try to take the baby. Boom. They, they die in a horrific car crash. And the baby comes back to her (laughs) every time someone tries to do something, but it's funny. So, you know, at one point, like she takes the baby home because the police are like, nope, it's your responsibility. You know, we'll, we'll figure something out. And she's like, I'm stuck with the baby now. And she takes the baby home and her friend comes over and her friend uh, is like, oh, you've got a baby. Where'd the baby come from? And she leaves the room when she comes back. The friend always remembers that she had the baby and that it's her baby. Mm. And she's like. I never had a baby. No, no, you had a baby. This is your baby. What are you talking about? Don't say things like that in front of your baby. You know, it, it's and and so it's funny, but it's also <laughs> horrific. 
And, it's a, it's a yeah. series or a movie? It's a series. It's a series. Okay. So they've, they've wow. got like, you know, it's the typical uh, eight to ten episodes mm-hmm. or something like that for a BBC kind of thing. Uh, and it's funny. Like, it, it even starts off with her being upset that her friends are now getting married, getting pregnant, having kids, and she still wants to party. And then now she's got this basically demonic baby <laughs> that she can't get rid of. It's it's really good. Uh, so good. check that out. It's on HBO Max. It's the baby. <laughs> Excellent. All righty. So uh, again, the the name of the anthology is Other Terrors, an inclusive anthology. It's out. I'm assuming everywhere you can get this anywhere. Fine books anywhere. are sold. Okay. Anywhere. Rena, why don't you tell people uh, your website, your social media, all that good stuff where they can find you online? I am. My website is renamason.inc.in. It's I-N-K. Nice. Um, and I'm renamason88 on Twitter and rena.mason on Facebook, Instagram, and pretty much everywhere. <laughs> Very cool. Vince, how about you? People will never remember how to spell my name, so just Google me, Vince, L-I-A-G-U-N-O. Website is VinceLagano.com. Facebook, all of it else follows suit. So. Very cool. Uh, awesome. So uh, thank you guys for coming on. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners about the anthology? No, just, go, go buy it. Just please buy it so there's a sequel. Yes. There you go. And thank read you. It. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate the yes, opportunity thank to you. talk about no it. Worries. It's been a lot of I fun. Appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming on. You have a great day, okay? You as well. You thank too. you. Thank you. Well, time, probably past time for a new bumper. If you like this episode, thanks. <laughs> we liked making it for you. There's lots of ways you can support us moving forward. If you did like this episode, you could give us a review at Apple or Google Podcasts on Stitcher, Spotify, etc. There's lots of places out there. Wherever you listen to this podcast would be a great spot to go. Give us a couple stars, write a little review, tell folks how great we are. It would help. You could follow us on Twitter. Our account there is at FN underscore podcast. If you do that, please help us boost the signal by retweeting our stuff. You could take a look at our Facebook page and click like on it. Eh, I don't do a lot there, but it's a necessary evil. You could back us over at patreon.com slash functional nerds and throw a couple bucks our way each month. You could tell your friends about us and turn them onto the show. Any or all of that would be awesome. And I would really appreciate it, Todd. Now that this episode is over, you could also consider checking out our friends over at Beyond the Trope. Giles and Michelle put out an episode a week, just like we do, and they talk to writers, artists, and creatives from all over the place. They have a huge back catalog of episodes and have a lot of fun doing it, which comes through in their weekly episodes. So check them out over at beyondthetrope.com. As always, thanks for listening. And don't forget to tip your server on the way out. Mr. Carpiers, you got it right. How about that? Yeah. You can call me Cannoli Joe. 
if you've if you've never listened to the podcast, there there's there's two different styles here. There's there's Tracy who does prep work and comes up with some very thoughtful questions, and then oh squirrel. Oh, for God's sake, Patrick Louise. <laughs> Are you okay with me recording you today for the purposes of this podcast? Okay, that's probably a good enough signal. <laughs> when someone comes up to me and says, "Hey, I really love what you do," I'm like. I'm sorry. Do you know who I like? I think you have me confused with someone else. The whiz bang and the gosh wow and the sense of wonder stuff. My favorite thing about time travel is I actually had a time travel joke for you guys, but you didn't like it. I'm so excited.